You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Jay Allardyce, Chief Product Officer for Uptake. The promise of artificial intelligence has always been lofty, but AI already delivers tangible results in transportation by decreasing unplanned maintenance and repair costs or improving driver safety. As AI continues to become more ubiquitous, what do companies need to know to manage expectations and fully embrace the technology? Jay Allardyce, Chief Product Officer for Uptake, explains his take on the potential promise and pitfalls of AI. Joining me this morning is Jay Allardyce, Chief Product Officer for Uptake. Jay, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Great, Jeff. Thanks for having us. Looking forward to it. It's great to have you. Uh, Jay, uh, we want to do a quick introduction of you and your background in the industry. Can you take us through a little bit of where you came from and uh, what led you to Uptake? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad to be here. So a bit about myself. Um, so I've been a part of the Uptake family here for the last uh, year, uh, where I head up now our product and, and customer success efforts for the company. Previous to that, spent uh, about three years uh, with GE. So really in the in- deep industrial sector, uh, focused on the whole effort of digitization across different industries. Uh, so I had focused in the power space in, in the early parts of that and then in more broadly around man- manufacturing as well as mining and various uh, other industries as we looked across the in- entire industrial sector. So I had a number of roles there uh, in helping to build uh, those businesses within GE. Um, but previous to that, spent about 15 years with Hewlett Packard. So have I've really been in the, the digital space uh, always around the notion of real-time connected uh, assets and, and data and what we can do with data to drive uh, business decision-making. Um, so I hail from the West Coast, but have been uh, part of the, the Chicago Midwest team uh, for the better part of the year here. All right. You, you mentioned a couple of things there, data, digitization. Today, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. Now, that's got some some baggage with it, but let's break down uh, the differences and go back to the basics for a second, because when people talk about AI, some of the terms that are often used interchangeably wind up being machine learning and data science. Why is artificial intelligence different? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point, and there is a lot to, to unpack there. So you want to think about, you know, if we first take a look at artificial intelligence, we want to think about that as a superset, you know, really where computers can help to, to mimic, uh, you know, the human intelligence and understanding logic and rules and decision trees and analysis from a machine aspect and within that, there is an area and focus of machine learning, right? So it's a subset of AI uh, that really helps to look at statistical techniques uh, that enable machines to improve tasks with experience and being able to categorize and, and learn that uh, more efficiently. And even further within that, there's a, a notion of view around deep learning. So that's a subset of the machine learning capabilities uh, that really compose of, of algorithms that, that help to train uh, a software to train algorithms itself and to perform tasks. Um, and some examples are around, uh, you know, image recognition or speech uh, and being able to uh, help to look at the multi-layered views based on the vast amount of data that they, they can have access to. And so if you kind of take that as a viewpoint relative to our data science, there's a, a variety of, of ways to, to think about it. Um, and they will go across, you know, views of, of meaning, skills, techniques, the usage uh, and observations, but the, the way that I try to categorize it is, is really a view that the AI is, is focused around implementing the data across the machines and understanding how to drive the inference there, whereas 
you know, data science is, is around curating, uh, you know, large data pools for analytics and, and visualization. Uh, and there's a variety of different techniques from data analysis that is used within data science uh, or potentially using statistical analysis and learnings. And so when you think about the various areas, uh, there are tools and methods that can be used to be applied for the right type of problem uh, in helping customers infer value vis-a-vis their data. So there's not one right or wrong answer. Should a client or customer be focused purely on data science or artificial intelligence or machine learning as mutually exclusive uh, activities? It is more so that there are a variety of tools, methods, and processes that we can leverage uh, that ultimately help what we bring to the table and what we hope that many industries bring to the table. That is greater insights that deliver economic value uh, for clients based on uh, the vast amount of data that they can have access to. Okay. Now, for our audience, what are some of the opportunities that are specific to transportation companies uh, when it comes to leveraging that artificial intelligence? Yeah. So what's great about this is, you know, when you take an approach, especially for transportation logistics, is you want to think about things in a, uh, a network view or a, uh, a systems thinking view. And the way I articulate this is that you may have a particular, you know, a truck with that's a part of a fleet that is part of a broader enterprise that is part of a intermodal logistics-based network. And you want to think about that holistically and understand all the different impact areas or outcomes that we can help to improve across that value chain. And oftentimes when you think about applying AI and machine learning, you're thinking about an asset and potentially pain points of that asset. So to illustrate that, you know, we help customers understand ways to improve things that you know potentially might fail and oftentimes in a fleet that's everything around the truck uh, the electromechanical within the truck in the cabin uh, and helping to predict uh, failures before they occur Um, because at the end of the day we know that customers are entrusting large trucking and logistic companies to get their goods from point a to point b and oftentimes it's, it's based on the reliability or the availability of that particular fleet to be ready and in service in a way that can deliver that without fail. And so oftentimes what we're able to help is in the space is helping customers uh, really try to, to optimize uh, a variety of areas. So exa- a couple examples uh, for us is about improving maintenance costs to the tune of, you know, in one case it was about a million in savings uh, for an average long-haul uh, truck with about a, a thousand trucks. Um, we've also been able to help reduce fuel consumption because we know that fuel consumption uh, or fuel usage is one of the most uh, impactful areas for the uh, transportation logistics space. And so by doing that, we think about a variety of different uh, ways and methods to help analyze those performance issues and concerns of how a fleet operates, but you have to do that within, within its setting. Um, and, and so those are just a couple examples of how we've been able to help uh, reduce the, the maintenance areas across key areas, as well as improving uptime for every truck within the fleet, um, and then also using condition-based maintenance uh, to, to kind of go beyond simple fault codes and kind of reducing unnecessary preventative uh, maintenance. All right. What about on the customer experience side of things? How can AI improve CX for logistics businesses? Well, one thing that's, that's great, and I'll take the example of Amazon, 
you know, so recently they've rolled out more capability uh, within their mobile apps to help give the uh, end user, so the, the customer, uh, insight into when a package might arrive. Now, we might look at that as being a very simple, interesting thing as a part of an app, but what that has done is it has created a new level of transparency and trust because as a buyer, you said, hey, I need something. And it may have gone on into a, uh, you know, into a truck and is delivered at a particular destination and location. You had that reassurance that it was delivered at the right time or in a given window of time, helping you to ultimately feel more confident that you don't have to think about where is my shipment, when is it going to arrive. Now, that's subtle, but it's hugely impactful because it creates, a again, the transparency from the logistics company or the uh, end provider to you as a customer and ultimately creating that relationship. And I had that example yesterday. I, I ordered a, a book. Um, I was actually in flight, so I had it delivered to a different destination. And I didn't have to think twice about it. And I got a little alert when it arrived and, and therefore didn't have to think about if it actually made it to the destination. So why I illustrate that as an example is little things such as being able to provide that track and trace insight and bring that information together, which simply wasn't when, where is your order? But now you're able to bring in uh, actual uh, track and trace information on where the truck is, where your package is, and ultimately when it would arrive, such that you as a customer can better orient your time and the most valuable time that you have, uh, such that you're not constantly waiting to see when something might arrive. So that's just a, a very simple example. Um, but the important thing to unpack with that is you want to be able to understand all of the insights and intelligence around when you think of, of logistics and uh, fleet, in our case, is the performance and the health of the truck. Where is it by location? Where is it intended to go on route? Is there congestion? Are there issues with fuel or the issues with fuel pricing? Is your driver uh, you know, in a, in a healthy scorecard state, meaning that they haven't been driving past a particular limit it, that, that could put them at risk based on drowsiness uh, and or other factors? So you want to take in all of these different inputs that ultimately help to support what the end customer is going to care about, and that is, did my good or service arrive on time at a location specified based on what I, when I set out to, to, to make that request happen. Right, right. Now, on the other side of that, on the company side of things, do you have some real-world examples of how the tech has delivered ROI for the users in that space? Yeah, yeah. So, so going back to the, the example there, so we've got a, a couple you know, great examples, but just to, to tie back to the numbers. So you know, one of the things that we focus on from you know, a machine learning and, and AI perspective is, again, the outcome. Can we deliver fast financial outcomes? And with the purpose-built platform we have defined here at Uptake, that has been our sole focus. And the reason is, is that we've seen in the industry too often that there are a lot of AI and machine learning projects that get spun up, but that just end up being ghosted or end up dying in a graveyard because they've not been able to attach to an ROI or a financial impact that a customer is willing to care about. And this is no different than what we've seen in technology industry over the last uh, you know, three decades. There's always an ask and an aspect of what is the ROI of why I would implement the solution. And what we've done is, is said, if we can ensure that everything we built 
from a product platform perspective for AI and machine learning that it can produce a financial result, then we know it is in the right line of helping our customers drive new revenue or manage costs. And so with that as a backdrop, again, a couple of the financial examples um, that, that I briefly shared, but worth resharing here is, you know, we've been able to help you know, customers be able to optimize their maintenance costs. So in this one example, it's about a thousand uh, fleet vehicles and it was roughly uh, about a 1.1 million in, in annualized savings just on maintenance costs and duty cycles and bringing trucks into the shop for repair. Or the other example has been around improving fuel costs for long haul. And that takes into consideration a variety of variables, but helping to give a real 360 degree view of an asset. And that was about to the tune of uh, 1.25 or one and a quarter million across a thousand vehicles. So now example wise for a couple of our key customers um, is really been about helping to optimize some of those. So one is we've been working closely with the, the American Red Cross of Chicagoland and that's using our, our asset performance management product. And it's been helping Red Cross make use of real-time data to better understand the conditions of their vehicles and implement more strategic uh, maintenance strategies. And so in that, it means you know, being able to respond to more disasters, knowing the fleet is ready, the vehicles are ready at the right time when a call comes in. And then second for us has been you know, our work with uh, Brown Transfer. You know, Brown, it's a fourth generation trucking company that has been uh, you know, exceeding its customers' expectations for 90 years. Um, so back to your point of really having that sticky customer engagement, um, we've helped them by implementing uh, the APM solution that we have at Uptake is moving them to a more centralized system and really dramatically cutting fleet maintenance costs and, and reducing that vehicle downtime. Um, and so those are just a couple of examples where you know, we've, we've helped clients uh, think about reimagining their business using AI and machine learning at the heart of it. Uh, that ultimately helps to deliver the, the financial outcomes um, that, uh, that I mentioned. Okay. Now, whenever uh, AI is brought up, inevitably, the talk tends to go towards the impact on jobs. Now, should the workforce be fearful of AI? So I love this question um, because it's probably one that comes up in every one of our conversations, especially when you think about uh, the industrial sector. And so one thing that, that I was very mindful of in, in my time at, at, at GE, um, you know, really coming from a deep tech background and then going into an industrial sector more deeply is the passion and the, uh, the drive and the awareness and ownership that our industrial customers have for the work that they do. And so I'll just give you a parallel to this. When you operate with a, a steel line uh, operator who has been working uh, at that a particular plant for the better part of 30 years, raising multiple generations of their family, that the work that they're doing is, is not a job, it's, it's a livelihood. And so, for anything that is going to change the way that they work, there's a natural fear and tendency of, my gosh, does my job go away? Well, if we kind of take the, the history of every industrial revolution, and as we sit on this fourth industrial revolution, it has been about advancing the skill set and the type of work that individuals should be doing on a day-to-day -day job. So the parallel of all this is helping to really remove the hurdles and reduce uh, challenges around mundane and uh, repeatable tasks. And so the way I characterize to your question is that we are living in a world that is not about replacement. 
it is about augmentation. And what I mean of that is it is human interacted oriented such that do you want to be constantly looking at every maintenance record and trying to understand when and how things work by posting all the pain points on a shop board, which many of our fleet operators do day in and day out? Would you rather have intelligence to help you understand based on your entire fleet, based on the maintenance histories, the work that has been done, when you should manage uh, the maintenance activities or shop repairs for a handful of trucks because you know which ones might have issues forthcoming. And what does that do? In my view, which is no different than in any other industrial sectors, it puts more time in the hands of the operator to do his or her job more impactfully and allows the technology to give them more intelligence and insights to, to do their job better. And to put it into something that we all care about is, is with the connected technology age, we are, you know, whether it's ourselves, our kids, or the environment we live in, we're really worried about the fact that we're constantly doing too much, we're constantly multitasking, we're constantly connected, and losing touch with what matters, and that is spending time with your family, your peers, your loved ones, and having that level of enjoyment. So I look at this as a great way that helps you to, uh, you know, get out of a lot of the routine and allows you to focus on the higher order activities and also allowing you to spend time on things that matter, whether that's in the work environment or outside. So that's my long way of saying where I think it's a, a thing really to embrace. And we've really seen it happen in the industrial sectors where the first interaction is a bit of a concern. And then the second and third is where and when and how can I do this because it's going to make my job a lot better. Okay. So the workforce has to be ready to embrace it. Um, and speaking of embracing it, companies, uh, in order for them to fully embrace and benefit from AI, there's got to be some level of readiness there, right? Uh, there's got to be some uh, fairly advanced existing level of digitization already in place, or, or is that is that accurate? Yeah, so the way I look at this uh, is oftentimes folks, especially through technology transformations, because this this digital transformation that we're seeing now with AI and machine learning is not necessarily all that dissimilar to digital transformations where companies over the last couple of decades have employed new TMS systems or new ERP environments or large technology rollouts. What's different is this, is now because you can have access to a variety of data environments, and whether that's directly out of a historian or a TMS environment or directly connected to a particular uh, fleet or set of vehicles, or even uh, collected information that is handwritten and logged in, in paper form, uh, companies can get started right away by being able to think most critically about what outcome do I care about that's going to help me run my business better. So if, an example, the pain point is around reducing maintenance or the pain point is around optimizing fuel, it is then answering those questions and understanding what data do I need to solve that. Why is that very different than the past? The past has been, I have a large technology system that I'm going to sell you, and it's going to revolutionize the way that you work. And what you end up doing is spending years and potentially tens of millions of dollars more trying to invest and deploy such a solution to only find it doesn't meet your needs, or you've actually redefined your business to fit the way the software works. That world is behind us. And so when we think about AI machine learning and the power of what it can bring, it is really looking at the fundamental questions 
that customers want to have solved or those pain points, and then what data is available to help deliver on those outcomes. And so in that journey, it's not all of a sudden someone has to have this entire digital infrastructure in order to take advantage of AI and machine learning. We actually want them to start at a very particular spot and realize that they can roll that out across the enterprise uh, in doing so in a way that is very different than the multi-year ERP implementations that have costed you know, organizations uh, tens of hundreds of millions of dollars um, in, uh, in PATH. Okay. Now, I touched on this at the top of the show, but while there's a lot of upside to AI, uh, there is a lot of well-documented baggage or issues that uh, still need to be addressed, like, for example, the lack of policy for ethical use with things like bias or governance and security. Um, what's needed to ensure that there are guidelines in place for how the tech is going to be utilized so that it can be most effective and not overreach? Yeah, so this, this definitely is back to the point of the, the fear or the adoption of AI is, is a general concern for many. I think there is great efforts underway and really looking at the applicability of AI machine learning to how businesses operate not too dissimilar of things we've seen in the past. And the reason why I continue to draw upon that is a lot of those patterns that we've gone through, be it the adoption with cloud, be it the adoption of securing and managing your applications and your data, we all had the same concerns and fears then. And yet what we've done is we've actually have uh, radically adopted those technology advancements far faster because we have met the needs of those concerns. So in the case when we think of AI machine learning, the ability to always realize this, the customer owns their data and the ability to ensure that they own it, yet they're leveraging the technologies that of uptake or others to deliver on those outcomes. Again, the customers have first right and ownership of that. There are ways to also think about where the value uh, comes when you look at AI machine learning, and that is how different companies contribute to the advancement of the industry. So when we're able to compare against fleet performance, uh, we're looking at, at how different companies have performed or, or assets have performed, the way to ensure the anonymization of that data that does not give away any sort of what would be perceived as a trade secret or a proprietary way of working uh, is important. So there's guidelines and definitions around that. I think there's, um, you know, one of the key critical things is, is really ensuring that we establish data standards in the industry such that the, the sharing of information that you've seen from logistics providers and 3PLs and, and other organizations have actually helped to advance the industry and move it far faster. I think we can learn a lot from how things have been put in place for us to be very mindful of how we have to consider that as we go forward uh, in a really an AI-driven uh, environment. A lot of great information there. Uh, where can our audience go for more of your insight into artificial intelligence and uh, for uptake? Great. So, well, I would I would definitely point folks to head over to www.uptake.com to really get a view not only of, of uptake and, and how we're approaching AI machine learning and the impacts it can provide to the industry, but as well, um, you know, a lot of content there around AI machine learning. Uh, and, and how we've applied it into the industry, uh, and also how, how it's helped to influence our product and, and our product strategies. Fantastic. Jay Allardyce, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk with the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Great, Jeff. Thank you for the opportunity, and uh, appreciate the time. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. 
Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get IL. That's bit.ly slash get underscore IL and stay ahead of the 3PL game. Thank you.